Here we are back at Waterloo Station and today I am off to meet Andy George who is one of the founding members of the Vault Festival. So I'm very excited because I'm off to meet him. Literally underneath where I'm walking at the moment is where the big Vault Festival is taking place. It's a whole selection of sort of work in progress, comedy, uh, satire. Um, in fact he'll be able to tell me more about what it's all about but we actually hosted at uh, traveling through all the work in progress or a lot of the work work in progress comedy shows which is fantastic back in 2018 and 2019 and it's similar to kind of like an Edinburgh Fringe Festival it's going from strength to strength it's a lovely sunny day today and uh, there's um, not so many people around on the trains anyway we're all living in well many people are living in fear of this coronavirus which seems to be um, spreading across the world um, but I have to keep going you know if it's going to strike me it's going to strike me but podcasts are podcasts and you have to meet people I could do it online but I would prefer to go and meet people face to face as that's a much better experience for for me and for the, the podcast guest so here we are on our way so to get to the Vault Festival entrance, I'm walking now in Leak Street, which is a huge tunnel full of graffiti art. When I first came to set up the shop in 2014, it was a lot more kind of um, urban sort of subculture down here. But now it's become quite gentrified. Everything's very neatly uh, graffitied on the walls and um, it's changing it's still interesting but uh, before it was it was a real mix of kind of really good talented graffiti artists and what they call foot soldiers um, and um, a lot of drugs down here too but that seems to have all cleared away and there's no longer people kind of camping down here that there was before and as the hotels are opening it's more more tourists are coming through here I mean it's still a fantastic and interesting link between Lower Marsh and Waterloo Road uh, and definitely worth a visit if you're coming through particularly as the vaults here and they have lots of shows going on down here and there are a number of restaurants also now open here so um, anyway I'm just about to go through the entrance and meet Andy. This is the Travelling Through podcast. I'm your host Emma and today's guest is Andy George. This episode was recorded just before the coronavirus lockdown came into place. Please support this festival in 2021 if you can. But for now, this is Andy George's unique story about London, the world and life. So today I'm recording this podcast underground at the Vault Festival site, which is literally within the railway arch vaults underneath Waterloo Station. Um, so if you're hearing rumbling sound during the interview, it's literally because trains are trundling <laughs> above our heads. So, but let me welcome Andy George to the podcast as our podcast guest today, um, who is one of the founding members, is that the right word to use, for, yeah. the, for the popular yeah. Vault Festival? Hello. <laughs> Hello, and it's, it's great to have caught you in a, very, in a spare moment, <laughs> in a very busy time. Um, are you coming to about the end of this? So we've this... got ten, 10 days left. Um, so yeah, we're we, uh, sort of halfway through week seven of eight. Um, so yeah, uh, there's still, still, a good chunk of, still a good chunk to go, but coming towards the end. And for our listeners, as far as I... Right, the first thing I should say is that... The, we met initially because Travelling Through hosted yeah. it, mainly the uh, work in progress comedy. Yeah, lots of comedy shows, yeah. But that's only one part of the Vault Festival. Absolutely, yeah. So the festival has sort of grown over the years and um, this year's featuring over 600 different shows and lots of 
theatre, performance, um, comedy, as you, as you mentioned, um, late night parties. The idea is that it sort of showcases the best of emerging emerging artists in the in the in the capital and in mm -hmm. the country, and um, gives them a platform to be able to express themselves and and for audiences to discover new new work. And that that involves lots of stuff happening down at the vaults, but also with uh, local businesses like yourselves uh, traveling through. Um, and it's a really beautiful way of bringing together humans in a way that means they can share their stories and we can learn from each other. Yes, yeah, yes. And what's interesting is that you've specifically got this this festival at the very start of the year, kind of pre-Edinburgh yeah. Festival. Well, it's pre-Edinburgh Festival and it's also a, at a time of year that's traditionally a bit dull and a bit, yes. you know, a bit sad. And one of the things we wanted to do with the festival was bring colour and a bit of joy to the world. and. Uh, what better time? You know, this is the time of year we need it when when February and March are looking a bit drab and a bit grey. Yeah, um, and we can add some splash of colour to them to life. And if this festival goes well, I know last year you 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 hosted a bit of a summer uh, festival yeah. as well. Um, you think you'll do we're this? Always, uh, we're always looking at ways we can um, do more things, and, and especially sort of working with the uh, local local area. Like we we I've sort of grown up coming into Waterloo Station from where, where I lived and so Waterloo has always been the centre of London for me and uh, it remains so and I think it strikes a real beautiful balance between community and being in the heart of London mm -hmm. and so we're always looking at ways we can do more in the community and, and, and embed ourselves more into what's going on. There's so many changes happening around here, there are, yes. some, some better, some worse mm -hmm. and we want to try and keep the better things happening um, mm. and not let the worst things make, you know, make take the area over. take over. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, SE1 is, is a really interesting area, Completely. isn't it? Because it's, it's still the, very, a, a big community. The contrast things. you get between the big, big businesses, the big, big cultural centres and the, and then the small uh, you know, residents and, and um, local businesses, it's, it's quite exciting. You know, mm -hmm. There's not many places in London you get such a big contrast. Mm. And I, certainly as far as I was concerned when we had traveling through was that is the fact of collaboration as well, which was, was between yeah. small and, yeah. and larger businesses as yeah. well. So. Exactly. So, well, the main reason that I've invited you onto the podcast is to discuss this whole issue about the London pool and what mm. London means means to you and um, and whether you were born in London or have you moved to London from from somewhere else or what brought you here initially? So I, I wasn't born in London, I was born um, in just outside Guildford um, in Surrey and I lived there all my life, went to university down in Exeter um, and then when I finished university I didn't want to move to London. I knew there was one, <laughs> the, the only thing I knew about what I wanted to do in life was not live in London. Um, <laughs> And I was, you know, exploring places like Bath and Bristol and Brighton. And I wanted to work in theatre and the arts and I wanted to do exciting things. And but I also really love the countryside and really love um, being outdoors and exploring places. Mm -hmm. uh, so the pull for me for London was a friend of mine had, had taken on a, um, a job and I, I, I was sort of in the process of looking for work. Yes. And it was based in London and they couldn't do it anymore and they said, would I be interested? So I went up to London for, a, for an interview and got, you know, replaced them, got the job and then it kind of just snowballed from there. And mm. to the point where I all of a sudden had, well not all of a sudden, over the sort of next 18 months had um, freelance work kind of building and contacts building and sort of relationships building. And then I was 
here and it, then it became sort of hard to leave in the yes. sense of like actually once you, you know, as a freelancer once you kind of in the early, early stages of your career once you've embedded yourself a little bit into a community you kind of have it doesn't you don't feel like you could relocate at that moment and so I sort of I actually sort of spent the first 18 months or so living in London pretty much sofa surfing and and without mm -hmm. actually sort of a permanent place um which is tiring in its own way yes um and then after that time that, I think the first time I sort of felt like I lived in London properly was actually when I had put you know put money on a on a, a deposit for a um to rent a place and, and moved into you know moved into an actual bedroom <laughs> um which was quite um was yeah quite nice and I think since then sort of my I sort of had a really sort of tumultuous relationship with London and there's, there's times where I want to run away and escape and there's other times where I couldn't think of anywhere else I want to be mm. um and yeah so it's sort of been a uh an interesting relationship yes I, I think that's quite often happens with people it's 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 you get sucked in and before you know it a year and a half's passed mm. and and even though it might be quite a challenging time somehow you it it's keeps you there and it's then it's quite hard to leave and in, in some ways for and in terms of the challenges that you face obviously you were sofa surfing or a lot yep. and that must have been quite tough you're living out of a suitcase most of yeah, the time yeah exactly it's, it's that sort of um Backpackers' lifestyle, living out of the suitcase yes. without the uh, <laughs> the lights of going to Machu Picchu or wherever. <laughs> the exotic part. Exactly, yeah. Um, but it is, and it's. Uh, I was very fortunate to have some um, good friends that you know that helped me out and enabled me to to do that. Um, but it is is uh, it is that tiring feeling of a feeling of a little bit like a burden on them, mm -hmm. um, and not quite having the sort of luxuries or essentials that you kind of have when you have a, a, your own space you know, yes, and, um, yeah. and the mental the mental capacity to kind of actually decongest at the end of the day yeah yeah um so i spent a lot of time i think because of that sort of working hard you know working really really hard and sort of filling my days with work and actually that's one of the things i think um was hardest about london to begin with was was creating space for yourself where you can connect with people and have a sort of you know, creating my own identity that wasn't just based through work because mm -hmm. that was my connection to London was work. Therefore, yeah. it's sort of like almost starting from a from a fresh plate in terms of connections and people. I think that was one of the hardest things I found about about moving here. And and what did you what did you do to try and overcome that, or did it just happen? It kind sort of, of just happened. Um, there was a few moments in in my life, especially when I sort of felt like I wasn't in love with London. There were moments where I sort of had to readdress and go, okay, what, why, what, what's up? And a lot of it came back to when I sort of investigated myself. A lot of it came back to um, not having those moments of escapism, you know, not not giving myself those moments of being able to get out of London. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I would, you know, for example, I would start doing weekend walks, you know, you know, going out to Essex or even places like Epping Forest, Epping Forest, or sort of doing walks within the city right. and actually sort of rediscovering the fact that I can there is it's possible to explore London you know mm -hmm. that we kind of assume that London is everywhere is known and actually there's so many different parts of it that has yet to kind of be explored and personally explored by exploration rather than sort of um, the hot spots or the, the tourist places that you know that exactly. everyone gets drawn to yes and as you talk the the music starts yeah. behind <laughs> you it's like, my personal pianist <laughs> is, uh, isn't it? preparing for the next <laughs> this evening show absolutely <laughs> so were there, was there any one point where you did actually leave london at all and come back or, or not just... for any extended period i've done a few um bits of inter sort of international touring that's sort of taking me away for a couple of months at a time but I've never I've, since I moved to London. So I've moved to London in about 2011. So since then, I've 
pretty much consistently been here. Been here. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to just lighten it up now yeah. <laughs> with a few quick round questions. So, firstly, um, what's your favourite form of London transport? Bus, walking. tube, or oh, walking? walking okay, allowed? walking is allowed. Walking is allowed. Yes. I love walking, especially through the bits of London that you don't normally see, mm-hmm. um, and it connects up all those little bits that you're like, oh, that that oh, that's really close to that place, or like you yes. know, and you, you sort of it, it makes it connect. Um, places connect apart from walking cycling if i can't cycle then i get the bus right okay okay if in i really order. then tube being very very <laughs> in that <laughs> priority yeah favorite place on a sunny summer's day a london park or the thames london park i think there's one of the things that london does do well is parks and green areas and i'm really proud and, and pleased that they they put so much effort into and money into sustaining yes. them and, and protecting them um and i think I just love seeing people enjoying themselves and mm. you know there's something so lovely about you know if you go up into Hampstead Heath or into Hyde Park or where, you know wherever you are seeing people having a nice time and enjoying you know, enjoying the environment and there's also something nice about to sort of be in those areas especially you know Primrose Hill or those areas where you can be in those environments and you can look out and see the city and you can be connected exactly. to it but also be separate from it. Mm-hmm. And do you have an actual favourite park that your go-to park or is it I mentioned, I mentioned, I mean, it's not quite a park, but I mentioned Epping Forest earlier, and I think that for me is a real gem of a of a little, you know, mm-hmm. not even that little, a uh, gem of a place where you can, you really feel like you're out out of London, and you can just disappear, and you can just walk, and mm-hmm. maybe bump into a couple of people, but actually, even on the central line, you can be, you can feel like you've disappeared. Yes, yeah, because it's the big forest, isn't it? Yeah, so absolutely. Just, you, there's it's, so many paths yeah, through it. Yeah, exactly. So many paths, and you can, you, you know, I've done walks where you can walk from one one tube stop to another like through the forest and yeah you can you can barely see anyone the yeah. whole time yes um favorite london expression or phrase is there anything that bemused you when you first came to london um i, I think i find the the expressions they use on the underground fascinating the, um i i really loved their use of card clash when that <laughs> when that kind of you know, sort of really emphasizing that card clash was a thing that we should all be really terrified about um, Actually, I don't know what that is. So, so card clashes when 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 they used to, when they brought in um, contactless payments on debit cards, mm-hmm. it might have been possible for you to do a um, Oyster card transaction and a debit card oh, transaction at the same time. Okay. So you might be double charged. Right. Um, so the the underground would uh, would emphasise be careful of card clash. <laughs> As if card clash was a thing that already existed and that we should all know about, or, or something lurking around the corner that might jump out on us yes. at any moment. So yeah, I, I'm sort of fascinated with the London Underground in a way where, because uh, it's so much related to what I do for my living in terms of about people dynamics and flowing of, of, of humans and um, how we kind of control huge infrastructures of things. Yeah. And so just to sort of see the sort of terminology and the words that they use is, is quite fascinating. That whole era must have passed me by because I was abroad at that point so yeah, yeah, yeah. I never actually you, you never got to witness, never got the to witness car, clash. car clash that's why I didn't even know the words there we go I've learned something new um street food or pub grub oh pub grub and I think I do love street food mm-hmm. um but I do think there's something so nostalgic about a good pub dinner and it's something that uh makes me feel at home you know it makes me feel like it feels, you know, it feels homely, it feels comfortable, it feels warm. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favourite pub, go-to place? We've got a couple. So I live down in Kennington. Uh, there's a couple near me, uh, the Old Red Line. Really nice, cosy sort of little holes you can sort of tuck away into. Um, and then the, what's it called? Prince of Wales, uh, mm-hmm. also near me, where there's there's a sort of area out in front where you can play baton and pool. And oh, all of those okay, so, I haven't been to um, that one. So. 
yeah, some really nice pubs around that way. Yeah. Okay. Some of my favourites. Fantastic. Second round. Here we yep. go. So, home was originally in Guildford. Yep. In, in Surrey, in the home counties. Yep. Do you have a desire to go back there to live at all? No. No, I really, I really enjoyed my my sort of upbringing, my childhood. Um, we lived in a in a little village called Whitley, which is just outside Gonaming, which is just outside Guildford, and it meant that we had, you know, you could get to Guildford in. Well, it was 15 minutes on the train, but it was also then a half an hour walk to the station. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's enough kind of going on that you could be, there's, you know, you could in, interact and engage with things. But also, we had um, woodland on the back of our house, you know, back, mm. of the, back of the road. So it meant that we could play in the garden, we could run and disappear into the woods for uh, hours and then come back. And then for me, that was much, there's so much about what childhood was, was playing, playing yes. and having fun. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, I. Never say never. Really. I wouldn't say yeah, well, I wouldn't say never because there is something very nostalgic that I have. You know, I feel I feel very connected to that place. Um, I also think it was a really nice place to raise a family in that sense. So yeah, never say never, but not right now is probably my uh, succinct answer. And fondest memory, obviously, you've already mentioned running around in the in the forests. Yeah, and, and the, and the I think woods that's I think that's it. And like, it's so freedom, isn't it? Freedom and exploration and my. It, that sort of ranges from when I was, I think the, probably the first time we were sort of allowed out in the woods was probably when we were 10 or 11, maybe. Um, and that would start off, you know, maybe maybe even a bit younger if, if there was a group of us and we would, you know, we'd be playing games, we'd be make-believe games and, and cowboys and, you know, police cops and robbers and yeah. those sort of things and, and playing 40-40 and, and... What's 40-40? 40-40 is like hide-and-seek, but there's a sort of base that you have to try and get to. Okay. Um, and the person who's seeking is sort of based on that base, so you kind of have to try and sneak up and, and get to it. Okay. Um, but it kind of evolved from that sort of childhood games into then kind of going out and meeting friends and having, you know, having a little campfire and, and having some beers and, Brilliant. you know, yeah. and then evolved from that into sort of going out and stargazing on the heather at the night like the evolution of that time sort of reflects a lot of uh, growth into adolescence and into sort of adulthood um well probably not quite adulthood but like (laughs) along the way towards that way um Mm. and so yeah that's sort of really fond memories of that so if i was to go down into the guildford way where would you suggest that i should go off the beaten track I love Sorry. doing, so there's um, the canal between Godalming and Guildford is really lovely, so you can walk along it um, all the way to Guildford, mm-hmm. um, and there's also a couple of really hidden gems, of, there's a, I used to work at this um, tea shop off the, off, just off the A3 in Compton, yeah. um, at base, it's based at Watts Gallery and it was uh, run by this lovely couple and it was filthily good uh, <laughs> cake and cream and scones. Oh, it sounds um, great. It was, yeah, it was uh, heart attack inducing, but foundational <laughs> food. Okay, so not for every day, but once in a <laughs> yeah, while. Exactly. <laughs> okay, exactly. I should go and check that out, because also it's very easy to get to from London, which exactly, is great. Exactly, yeah, so. it's, it's, you know, Guildford's 45 minutes on the train, um, and Godwin's, you know, a couple of stops on, but yeah, mm. all, all very close. Okay, another quick round of questions. So this is probably a more difficult one for you because it's cinema or theatre, considering you're already in this env- in this at world. The, at the moment, I'll tell you what, because we're sort of in Oscar season, I've actually probably spent more time, more of my free time at the cinema, yes. um, trying to sort of catch up with the, the uh, Oscar nominated and, and sort of the, the big releases. And I do love cinema. The thing that does it for the theatre with me, when it's done really well, is the sort of human connection of it and the sort of close proximity and the, and the interaction that you get. Uh, and just in the ways that you can sort of feel 
you can feel someone's story as well as as well as hearing it and seeing it. Yeah. I think the good I think good cinema does that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a sort of there's so much that they influence each other. Yes. Um, so I'm sort of I'm going to sit on the fence. You sit on the fence. But do, do you have a do you go for the cinema or the theatre show, or do you quite often go because of the place? Um, you, do you have like a your favourite cinema? Or so cinema. Theater? So we often go down to the Ritzy in Brixton. Um, mm-hmm. I also do love the Peckham Plex in Peckham. Yes. Because um, it's five pounds for a film, and you can Brilliant. and it, yeah. you know it feels it feels like a uh, it feels alive, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. feel sterile or um, corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, yeah, those, those are sort of the two we sort of frequent the most. In terms of theatre, it's most, more often not going kind to of based on what's on and what we want to see. Yeah. Um, but there are sure. sort of, you know, there's lots of good theatres that we, you know, that we've, you know, we'll, we'll actively sort of check what's, what's going on in those yes. places. And in, in fact, here you in the vaults, you, how many theatres, if you call them theatres, mm. how many are there actually? So the way in... we use it, there's eight different spaces, theatre spaces down here. Um, and throughout the year when we're not here, then it's sort of used in different ways. And, and there's often sort of three or four different shows happening every night for the rest of the year. And then during the festival, we you know we put eight venues in, and then we run um, three or four different shows in each venue. So there's upwards of about forty different shows every night as part mm-hmm. of the festival. It's a very kind of uh, close experience. Exactly. And, and when we design the sort of spaces in the theatres, because we sort of make make them bespoke for the festival, we, we try and make them so that they um, yeah have that intimate feeling, and mm-hmm. that you don't feel that you're you're in the back row and you can't connect with that person. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make sure that sort of they are intimate and. Um, yeah, it's all about sort of connection as well. Yes. Okay. Um, dinner or nightlife to dawn? <laughs> I very much used to be a, a nightlife to dawn, and now I'm very much a dinner. Um, <laughs> my partner and I, um, she's Spanish, and so food is very much at the heart of everything. Yes. Um, and so I've been heartily and welcome and, and embracing these uh, swung over to the the delights of food. Okay. Uh, and you know, part of me used to think of food as more of just a, a, a necessity, and actually now kind of seeing uh, seeing it as a as a delight. Mm-hmm. Very much into sort of the Master Chef, Master Chef of Professionals is is a favourite of ours on, <laughs> on, uh, to binge watch over Christmas. <laughs> and do you have a favourite go to uh, place for dinner? Go to place. Um, to be honest, at the moment, while the festival's running, we. Most most of our food is we're trying to cook, like cook a lot at home, but then yes. occasionally having the occasional Papa John's pizza. Um, but there's we recently uh, actually for my birthday a couple a few a month ago went to Mildred's in Soho. They have a Mildred's mm-hmm. have a couple of um, restaurants around uh, around London. It's an entirely vegetarian and often vegan menu, and it's just it's just it's exceptional good, food. Yes, really good yes. food. You, you know you have to, you often have to sort of queue a little bit to get a seat, but it's mm-hmm. it's worth it. It's worth think, it. Like, yes, yeah. it's not one I've been to actually. I have seen them around, and I yeah. keep thinking I must go. But I it's really really good food, know. and it's sort of reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. Good food, you know, good hearty but tasty stuff. Okay, and when you did do nightlife to dawn, did you have a a, a favourite place that you'd always end up in, or is it not? So, I mean. Um, uh, my version of Nightlight at the Door is probably more about staying at home and all like with friends, with and, friends and yes. sort of house parties and that sort of um, yeah. side of thing, rather than sort of like venturing out. Yes. So okay. Cool. Favorite place to go walking or cycling in and around London? I know you mentioned a few like Epping yeah, Forest. Yeah, Epping and... Forest. There's also you know in terms of down outside London, the South Downs is a is a really beautiful um, sort of the, the sort of Surrey Sussex kind of area. Yes, um, it is. Exceptional walks and exceptional views. For both cycling and, and and walking, I think you know if you can get it, if you get it on a nice sunny day, is something there's not quite like it. 
That's true, yes. It's, and it's fast. You can walk all the way yeah. to, I don't know how long it's part of the South Downs yeah. Way, isn't it? So you yeah, can absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Walk a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it's like two weeks' it's walk, I think, if you did something, it. It's something about 200 miles, I think, in total. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something around that. But. Yeah. Okay, third round. Ding, ding. Yep. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Yeah, this is a challenging one. So, uh, <laughs> we, we, I think I'd love to somewhere south of France or sort mm -hmm. of northern Spain. So my partner mentions from um, Catalonia. Um, so there's sort of a natural pool to kind of the north northeast of um, Spain. Yes. So Which is beautiful there. Well, exactly. Well. It's beautiful. Yeah. And again, the food and the wine and mm. everything that kind of sort of the culture that goes with it. Also drawn quite a lot to Italy, um, mm -hmm. and again the food and food and wine is a recurring, food recurring <laughs> theme in my choices. You um, really have been won over by food, haven't you? And wine. <laughs> Very much so. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd say probably, you know, in a, in a sort of if I could grand design style, kind of build a house or make a house anywhere, probably sort of south of France or mm. northern Spain is, is in my high fight, yes. fights at the moment. Yes, um, good good answer actually. I'll, <laughs> I'll come and visit. When yes. you do. do you have Wanderlust, or are you very much an armchair traveller? I do, yeah. I mean, like, there's there's a, quite a few places around the world that are uh, on sort of my list. Um, and to be honest, I've, I have neglected my travelling bug for the last couple of years just because of work and, mm -hmm. and it being quite intense. But um, you know, I'd love to explore you know, some of the, some of the sort of less less tourist heavy places, Mongolia and. Um, Kind of more sort of central Central Asia, mm -hmm. um, you know, bits of South America, but again, not necessarily sort of the tourist hotspots. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of a lot of kind of my desire to kind of travel and explore is again is, is about kind of landscapes and um, environments and and, and, yes. sort of, and cultures and, and not so much about kind of ticking things off boxes or um, landmarks. Right. Less interested in that side. Okay, yeah. I'm very much of the same. <laughs> now we've got um, a, a show. Is, I hope it's not taking over our voices, <laughs> but we'll, we'll press on anyway. So what place would you say in, in all your travels has had the biggest impact on you and why? I would say we went on a trip when I was... I was still at university actually, went on a trip to the Highlands in Scotland. Mm -hmm. And I think that summer, do we move to... Okay, so we've just changed venues. We're now right underneath the arches where the trains are <laughs> rumbling by. We've just missed one, so hopefully it'll be quieter. But the lady was in full rehearsal downstairs. Yeah. It was getting a bit loud. So the thing we're here when there's so much, so much space, but always something happening in every space. <laughs> okay, so we go back to you about the Highlands. The Highlands, yeah. So yeah, when it was a, we did a summer trip up to the Highlands. But I think we were there for about um, eight days or so in a camper van and and a couple in a tent next door to it, and and we were just we sort of free camp around and go from one spot to another spot, do a walk on one road and come back and have, you know. And that summer I had also, no, the summer before I'd been sort of traveling around the world a little bit and went to New Zealand. And then that same summer I'd been to the west coast of Norway, mm -hmm. both of which are exceptional places in terms of beauty and landscape and, and the people and, you know, really, really enjoyed them. But there was something about going to the Highlands where I sort of suddenly realised that Scotland has that to offer as well. And yes. actually, you know, going halfway around the world to New Zealand is totally worth it. But actually, going nine hours up the motorway, you can get 
some exceptional places. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me that was it was sort of a the lesson I sort of learned from that was mostly about exploring local you don't have to go halfway around the world to explore and actually there's so much to be discovered in your local area. Mm. On your doorstep. Really. On your doorstep, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and that's what I sort of mentioned a bit about earlier about exploring London and trying to sort of discover around what's around you as well as what's in what's in your what's on you know, mm-hmm. the travel guides about where to go abroad but yeah, I think there's a lot to be a lot of beauty to discover in, in the areas around you. I think we t- tend to underestimate what is around us and we think that yeah. we have to go far. Yeah. When, um, but yeah. and interestingly, because I went to New Zealand a long time ago and and it reminded me immediately, because I am from Scotland, so yeah. immediately I think I felt like I was home also, on the yeah. South Island particularly. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, so absolutely, absolutely. It was just stunning. But, uh, yeah. And it made me think, gosh, I really must see more of Scotland because yeah. it's there and absolutely. you don't need to travel that far. And it's so, you know, it's so peaceful and quiet once you get sort of above the city cities there's just vast landscapes of yeah. sheep and people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer I like that. Final question what would be the one piece of advice you would give someone moving to London for the first time based on your experiences? My advice would be to make or find communities I think London can feel very impenetrable mm-hmm. and I think what you get in when you get when you live outside of London is, is you get communities more easily because you get people who are connected by you know you, you know they know the people around you and you know whether that's church groups or whether that's um, exercise groups or you know there's there's people that you you connect with I think London is harder to create those or to find those and those support networks can be so important to our mental health and to our enjoyment of, of life mm. um, and it's really, you know, you don't have the same, you don't always have the same connection with your neighbours in London as you do living elsewhere. And I think it can therefore feel a bit lonely sometimes. And I think however you do it, it's finding ways to create those or find those communities that you can be a part of and feel like you belong. Mm, mm-hmm. London is is kind of sort of a, an eclectic mix of loads of little villages. And if we think of them, think of it like that rather than sort of an impenetrable city, it becomes a lot easier to kind of break down and, and find where you feel comfortable and welcome and find where you feel accepted and find people who are like you and can support you and can you can support them and make connections with them. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's so true. And, and, and it's it, you're absolutely right how London is very much lots of villages, really. In fact, mm. there are books written on mm. about London, which actually helps guide people to to where these villages yeah. are, which yeah, is... Yeah. Just, just, absolutely. Yes. Okay, so... Um, What's on tonight then on your on your show? Have you What's got a, for so, the vaults? Um, tonight we have uh, around forty six different shows, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, so the music the music we could hear earlier was from um, House of Kunst, which is a um, mixed bill cabaret um, extraordinaire night. Um, they've come over from um, Germany for, for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we ask? What else do we have tonight? <laughs> There's so many shows. Yes, yeah. I, I tell you what, I, I noticed on the website, and I was very tempted to come last Sunday because you had like a, very much a sober. Yes, uh, and sober I thought this was really yeah, interesting because so it's um, becoming very trendy. Sober Sunday, trendy. so yeah, we had to sort of like had to relax and enjoy. So this this Sunday, sorry, next Sunday coming up. So not this one, but um, we've got the Rest Revolution. So it's about um, how to, things like yawn therapy and mm. um, how to kind of engage and, and rest better, more mm. well. And, um, I'm currently starting reading a book called Why We Sleep, which um, 
the first chapters or so already made me realize I do not get enough sleep. Um, <laughs> well, not surprised you get at the moment. <laughs> your plan is, is maybe not. You know, maybe I should have read this book a couple of months ago. Um, <laughs> and scheduled in your sleep in between the shows. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's uh, yeah. It's, it's, so that's one of the things we're sort of trying to engage in currently like, mm. and look at more is sort of how we can how can we enjoy ourselves outside of just drinking and outside of staying up late and actually. Yes. A lot more people are really interested in that. I think that's a really interesting and uh, positive balance between, you know, your shows and, and particularly the, your sort of night shows yeah. that go on till 3 a.m., yeah, is it? Yeah, and yeah. then having this the other side. But, yeah. So you're actually appealing to different audiences exactly, as well. Or exactly maybe the that. same audience, actually. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the same audience. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's not everyone wants to do the same thing. And it's, uh, and it's important. Yes. Okay. Well, I think we've run out of time, Andy, because I know you're pressed to get back into the Absolutely. to do it's things. Been really so, lovely talking but you. thank you so much for coming on the show, and to all listeners out there, um, I hope you've been inspired and I've got some takeaways from today's show with with Andy. I certainly have. Places, new places to visit, certainly. Yeah. Of course, we'll put the links to everything we've discussed in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do give us a rating and a review. Andy will be looking out for those. Absolutely. And please do subscribe. And finally, please share this podcast with your friends. Hopefully, if you've enjoyed it, they will too. We'll be back next week with more travelling through tales from London's pot of melting cult. Oh, melting pot of cultures, even. <laughs> <laughs> the London Pool. What makes you stay and what makes you leave? But for now, take care and thanks for listening. Thank you.